What's up, everyone? Here for post-game Locked On Bucks. And uh, perhaps not surprisingly with the way this series has gone, we've got one more game. I just sent a tweet out that said that this is like the last man standing match of NBA playoff games. And it feels like that with this series. The Bucks drop one at home. Uh, we've got plenty to break down here and then look ahead to game seven. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on the show Monday to Friday and on the weekend as we are here post-game during the playoffs. And alongside me, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or watch of every day. Uh, and perhaps the mood for Bucks fans, at least, is not quite where it was a couple of days ago where they won the game on the road. But this series continues to go, uh, continues to alternate wins. No team has won two in a row. The Bucks have won two on the road. The Celtics have now won two on the road. And we're heading to Game 7 on Sunday afternoon. It's not a totally unfamiliar situation for the Bucks to have a game on the road. But, Frank, the Bucks had to withstand two onslaughts tonight, and they weren't able to do so. One was the three-point shooting of the Celtics, particularly early, particularly in the first half. And then, secondly, it was the Jason Tatum game. We've been wondering if he was going to have a night like this Unfortunately, if you're a Bucks fan, it came on the road in a game where you're trying to close out the series. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I, I was thinking before, early, you know, I felt like we really were going to need to see kind of Terminator closer Giannis tonight yeah. in order to win this game. And, you know, you, you mostly got that. You know, Giannis had a actually a pretty pretty tough stretch um, of, of sh- kind of non-shot making kind of in the, especially in that second quarter. I think he started like four or five, maybe four for four. And then at one point it was eight out of 22. So, I mean, he went through like a four for 18 stretch or something like that, which is just kind of crazy that he could have missed that many shots. And yet at the end of the game, I mean, again, just another epic clutch performance, you know, in terms of in a huge game, he scores 44 points, 14 out of 30 from the field, 14 of 15 from the foul line, two out of three from deep, two blocks, a steal, 20 rebounds, six assists. I mean, um, you know, like I, after, after the, the second game where the Celtics, you know, again, made life really hard on him. Um, you know, I kind of like was shifting my mindset a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Like, I just hope Giannis is Giannis. <laughs> and, and we, at a minimum, yeah, I, I, you know, I started to be not that confident that the Bucks just honestly had enough ammunition against the Celtics, um, just given the lack of depth without Chris Middleton. And I was kind of like, all right, you know what? I hope Giannis just like at least puts on just an epic performance and then we can at least just, you know, shit on the other guys for all summer and not not have anybody questioning, you know, Giannis, especially after what he did a year ago. Like, like, let's just let's just put an exclamation point on this. If the Bucks go out that, you know, it's got nothing to do with him. And, um, you know, again, his third 40 point game of the of of the series, um, of course, you know, yeah, like was not an absolutely perfect game. The Celtics, again, defended him really well, and he was just incredible. And 
it's just tough to look at the rest of this box score. You know, Pat Connaughton and an inconsistent offensively Drew Holiday, who was just trying to kind of make things happen, were the only other guys that, you know, offensively looked ready to play. And, um, you know, again, that's sort of the way the series has gone. The Bucks need like four guys. <laughs> the Bucks need like Giannis plus like three guys to sort of show up typically. And for the third straight game, Rob Williams is out. Celtics going smaller. Um, they've really started to score efficiently game over game over game now uh, against the Bucks defense. Brooke Lopez has been really marginalized without Williams in particular to match up against. And, um, you know, I, I think if you told us the Celtics were going to go 17 to 43 from deep, we would have said, man, that's bad news because I don't really trust the Bucks to make three pointers. And sure enough, Bucks seven out of 29, again, that huge differential in terms of the three point line. So, um, you know, it's it's too bad. This was the obviously a golden opportunity with a, a really fired up home crowd to uh, to do the Bucks and six thing again. And um, you know, I think a series it would have felt to me, even though if in a four two series win, that's four two. That's pretty. That's not easy to do, but still would have felt kind of like stealing the series, just given how the Celtics have looked very impressive in their wins, and the Bucks have kind of barely won in in two of the three uh, Bucks wins. But um, you know, again, I think just the Celtics reiterated why. You know, most people, including myself, thought, hey, without Chris Middleton, they're just they're just tough. Like they just have just more firepower than the Bucks. And again, just that that lack, lack of offensive depth in particular night, just Grayson Allen, you know, uh, Bobby, Bobby Portis, Brooke, George Hill, like those guys were just freaking zeros <laughs> offensively. And you just can't afford that against the Celtics team. Yeah, I mean, this was one of the things we discussed at the start of the series was, and it's so simple, and Frank, you've been saying it all season long, but you've been mostly saying it in games where Giannis isn't out, but I do think it applies when Chris Milton isn't out and you don't have that offensive creation as well. The Bucs could not afford in this series to get destroyed at the three-point line, and they are getting obliterated at the three-point line throughout this series, and that's why... I, I still just tip my hat to this defense and what they've been able to do to get this series to game seven. It's absolutely remarkable. And even tonight, you get 46 points from Jason Tatum. They hit 17 threes. They still only scored 108 points. I mean, the, what the defense has been able to do uh, has been super impressive. And that's why they'll think that they're a chance. When you have Giannis in one game, that's why they'll think that they're a chance to win on the road. They've already done it twice in this series. But I can tell you, your Twitter is probably the same. My Twitter and certainly my timeline through this game was blowing up about Grayson Allen and probably to a lesser extent, George Hill. The fourth quarter minutes for George Hill were um, a little bizarre how much he played. But Grayson Allen was a disaster again tonight and he has been for much of the series. We discussed this after game two and I think I asked you the question, can we get to a point where you just can't play him? Uh, not only has he continued to play, he's continued to start. Uh, he was a minus 29 in this game and it was it was just bad. He can't score. Yeah, he hasn't been able to hit the outside shot, but he missed a bunch of bunnies tonight as well. George Hill wasn't able to score anything uh, near the basket. So those two combined, we know they're not going to be defensive stoppers to the level that the, the other players are in the starting lineup or the other players in the rotation. But when Derek White alone scores nine points and those two combined for three, uh, it's just really bad news. And they just haven't been able to get anything out of them, but particularly Grayson. Yeah, I mean... Wes and Wes in particular, look, it's part of the deal with Wes. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. if, when he puts it on the floor, he just doesn't have any juice athletically. And let's be honest, he was never like exactly a guy who was like, take it to the rack type guy anyway. Um, so, you know, look with Wes, we get it. Like you're making the trade off. You're for doing sure. it for his stout defense. And 
again tonight, I thought I think it was in the second quarter. I was just looking out there and just seeing George, Grayson, and Bobby again for a stretch. And it's just like, bud, I said the same thing after the last game. I don't know what you're seeing that you think you can play that group together. I feel like you have to play Wes or Drew at all times. And you got to be really careful playing some of these guys who, again, are, are not just zeros on offense right now, but they're liable to be taken advantage of defensively. I don't know. Maybe Bud's thinking like, well, you can only pick on one of them at a time. <laughs> So maybe maybe that's the logic, right? Like, pretty oh, incredible thinking. Well, if, if, if Grayson's out there with George Hill, then like they're obviously going to pick on Grayson, so they can't pick on George. I, I don't know. Is that the galaxy brain Mike Budenholzer approach? Um, you know, again, part of I think what makes has has made Bud a successful coach is he's stuck with guys. He's shown confidence in guys, and obviously, typically over a time period, guys guys have repaid that. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you just look at it and, and kind of the irony is like nobody can figure out who they want to bench more, Grayson Allen or, or George Hill, right? It's like Javon Carter's got to play, you know, 53 minutes or something um, to, to, to backfill both of those guys. Um, so it's uh, it's just a bad spot. And, you know, at this point, I, I can't, I have no defense for for him. Uh, you know, he, he paired back Grayson Allen a fair bit. I mean, Grayson played 22 minutes. Um, Again, he's trying to give this guy an opportunity, given the offensive talent, the shooting talent he has, uh, to to make an impact in this series. Because again, it's like, you know, he's got nobody else that that he trusts to put out there um, and stretch the floor. But it's just not happening. And obviously now we're we're obviously sort of things are are lining up for, you know, if the Celtics just take care of business on Sunday, that it's going to be a really long off season for for Grayson Allen, George Hill. I, I mean, is kind of like one of those things, right? I mean, George is you know, uh, 35 or whatever he is. And, you know, I, I mean, look tonight, like he was a minus one, right. Um, yeah. you know, Grayson Allen though, I mean, again, plus minus can play tricks on you, but minus 29 in 22 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's just tough, man. And I don't, I think, and this is one of those cases where, um, there, there's some bad luck in there, but when you look at just how much he struggled, can't make threes, gets taken advantage of, I mean, he, as you said, he missed a couple bunnies, um, and it was just like, man, this guy's just nothing's going right for him. Right. I mean, just leave him in Milwaukee and <laughs> you know, figure something else out for Sunday. It's just, it's just a tough look, but, um, I, I don't know. I mean, again, like, do I think Bud's going to go away from Grayson Allen as a starter on Sunday? I feel like he's probably going to start him again. And I think the, you know, again, if Grayson Allen plays 25 minutes again on Sunday and we see the same thing, then. I think Bud's going to deserve plenty of criticism. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say he deserves like you know his his job should be in jeopardy. Talk um, because let's be honest. I mean, the mere fact that we're we're talking about you know your kind of guard depth, like you know your 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 bench guard guy being like the the swing the swing player um, in the series, obviously, I think just speaks to how dire the Bucks' rotational problems are. And you know, I think you can. Kind of relitigate a lot of things from this season. Obviously, the the Divincenzo Ibaka trade has been a total bust. Given Serge looks washed and he's not even playing right. Um, then again, like, <laughs> do I think Dante Divincenzo would be lighting it up against the Celtics defense? Probably not. But um, but uh, pretty much anything would be better than what we're seeing from from certainly Grayson Allen right now. So it's just tough. I mean, you got one more game for redemption, and um, I don't know. T- tell 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 you know make Grayson think that that he's playing the Chicago Bulls on Sunday. That might be the only 
the only chance of of him getting some redemption because it's just a really tough really tough spot right now um and short of you know giving javon carter some minutes i don't know that you have any other options aside from playing pat Connaughton 40 minutes he played 33 tonight and especially in that fourth quarter man i mean it was him and Giannis just kind of the only lifelines the bucks had when they actually made the game I just saw a tweet from Brian D, who works at uh, WTMJ, and he said that Giannis was walking off the media platform, and he said, looked at Pat and said, "Man, some of your finishes tonight were beautiful, just beautiful." And Pat said, "I'm just trying to be like you, Giannis, except smaller." And so uh, I would agree. He had that one reverse that was just absolutely absurd. Now the only positivity I've got with Grayson Allen right now is you mentioned Chicago. But it's on the road. And I actually feel better about Grayson Allen knocking down some shots on the road than I do at home. So who knows if Bud does stick with him. Maybe he has a, a random offensive game. But it was a little bit of salt into the wound that Javon Carter came on for the garbage time minutes and immediately, <laughs> immediately hit a shot. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. It's uh, we'll see I, mean, may- I mean, maybe yeah, maybe the value of Javon Carter is that they like we wouldn't really fresh. think – and, and they wouldn't really think he was any good, and maybe they just leave him open for some shots, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, it's tough. Because that's the thing. I mean, I think the, the fundamental problem is the Bucks don't have the size on the wing right now. They, they need another guy who's like 6'7", like Chris Middleton, right? Who can defend uh, against the, the Celtics' bigger wings and not just get, you know, trucked uh, going to the basket. And then, obviously, you know, if he can make a basket, that would be great, right? I mean... Uh, hey, it, it's too bad the Bucks. You know, DeAndre Bembry is out for the season, right? Because like, yeah, absolutely. You, you, I mean, they honestly they could have used Bembry in this series, just given given the the, the lack of size uh, and how that's impacting uh, Allen and and Carter and or sorry, Allen and uh, and George Hill. And I mean, you know, it's sort of one of those things, right? I mean, the the Celtics. I mean, look at their roster, right? I mean, Peyton Pritchard's sort of the only guy there that you look at as like really exploitable in in a way that that is in any way similar to uh to what the bucks have a problem right now with with grayson in particular i mean george is, is much better defensively i think george's problem is just that he keeps getting put on jason tatum right who's like you know six nine six ten at this point like if you know so um so that's just more just an unfair fight than uh than him just not being able to handle his business versus grayson i think you know marcus smart i mean everybody has been able to really kind of just go through him and then obviously the lack of shot making so um, so yeah, I mean, they're just a wing short and, um, you know, that's just the reality. And there's, I don't think there's anybody on that bench, you know, Jordan Wara isn't, isn't the solving those, these problems and certainly won't be doing it on Sunday. So, um, it's, it's just tough. And I didn't Peyton Pritchard, Peyton Pritchard's made seven minutes, right? We've seen very little of him in this series and, you know, Derek White isn't small and he's got long arms and has been good. So there's just not a lot the Bucks can exploit, uh, on the one end and then, the Celtics, obviously, I think have just been very good about figuring out those those guys that they can attack. And the series uh, odds have swung with every single game. And if you're into that type of thing, go to betonline.net. The Celtics are going to game seven favorites. Obviously, they're at home. Obviously, everyone and Jeff Van Gundy already started it talking about, well, the Bucks threw the last game and the Celtics decided to play through it. And now they got the home court. So get used to hearing that a lot over the next 48 hours before this game tips off. But... Bet Online is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs that we're discussing right here, Major League Baseball, fights, even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for sports wagering information. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. 
you already mentioned Brooke Lopez and, you know, again, uh, you mentioned the plus minus. That was a pretty ugly scene for Brooke Lopez as well uh, in the plus minus category tonight. His minutes, as you mentioned, have come back with Robert Williams. It'll be interesting to see whether uh, he plays in this game seven. It sounds like he's still pretty slow. He's got some bone bruising uh, on that knee. So we'll see whether Rob Williams plays. Obviously, Brooke Lopez, it might be better for him if he does play. But the other story of this series, and in a matchup where the Bucs, uh, again, obviously, we spoke about Chris Milton, they're desperate for some sort of offense. Uh, getting basically zero from Bobby and Brooke throughout the whole series has just been absolutely brutal. And I thought, again, there was a number of opportunities tonight where Bobby, I, I don't know if he was over-eager. The one shot that comes to mind was that sort of transition straightaway three that was just the flattest shot perhaps in the history of the NBA. And it does feel like he's just rushing it a little bit because he's probably feeling the pressure. He wants to score. He's had to come up with some big offensive rebounds. We understand that. I think overall he's probably been better than Brook in the series, but uh, they need him to score. And they need one of these two guys to be able to give them some offense uh, because to this point it's been really rough uh, shooting, particularly for Bobby, a guy that's been so reliable. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's 0 for 6 from 3 in the last three games. You go back, he was two for seven in game one. That's his best shooting game of the season. He's one for, or series. He's one for 12 from three-point range since then. Again, I mean, we love Bobby, but um, he's just been horrendous shooting the ball. And, um, you know, at least in the first two games, he made some two-point shots. Hmm. But the last four games, again, I mean, even last game where he has the biggest biggest shot of the night on that putback, I mean, he was four of 14, including four of 12 on twos. And just some of the misses around the basket, I mean, Again, that's that's part of the value of Bobby is that, you know, you trust that you give him the ball, especially if he's got a smaller guy on him. He's got that nice touch in that kind of, you know, restricted area and not non-restricted area paint paint shots. But he just has not delivered, obviously, from an offensive standpoint. And this is not the series where you can afford to have, you know, him not come through. Right. You have to have all these guys who actually have a shred of talent actually delivering something. And Bobby hasn't, and you know he's also had some some very bad defensive stretches as well. Um, maybe not so much this game, but a, a couple games back, he you know I think we talked extensively about just him and pick and roll just having problems. I think he's he, you know I, I'm more comfortable with him switching at this point, and we we've seen more of that the last couple of games. But um, but yeah, just just really tough for Bobby. And again, you just cross your fingers that you know more than three guys show up on Sunday in terms of of shooting and. Um, we know it's possible, right? Uh, they only needed one quarter, basically, of good shooting uh, in in Game Five. But um, again, that's just a tough way to to make a living, especially against a Celtics team that just I think overall has you know more guys that you trust to to be able to make plays offensively. Even if even if Tatum isn't quite Giannis tonight, you know, obviously he was he was huge and and was able to offset you know another monster performance by Giannis. That's the interesting thing you mentioned the fourth quarter in Game Five, and if you go game by game just three-point makes. The only game that the Bucs have won up was game five, and they needed to go six for six in the fourth quarter to to just, I think it was 13 makes to 10 makes uh, in that game as well, and they had, and they couldn't miss a shot in the fourth. So it's been, as we pointed to, it's just been really tough uh, so far without one of the key parts in Chris Milton. And if you're missing one of your key parts in your car, you're probably not going to fear a fare too well either. And that's why you should go to rockauto.com, our longtime friends of the podcast, the family business that's been serving auto parts uh, customers for over 20 years and the prices are reliably low for every customer at rockauto.com they've got everything you need from brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet 
and uh, you can go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find out the solution to your auto parts needs. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. There is such a short time before Game 7, Frank, and everyone's going to be talking about it. Do the Bucks pull the ultimate <laughs> emergency lever? And I, I can tell you this, oh. I, I was very I was very much keeping my eye on Chris Middleton today, and uh, he was looking kind of explosive in, in a couple of occasions, getting up from the bench, sprinting, <laughs> celebrating. I don't know. I'm just saying. He looked like he was moving with some sort of fluency. How scared? How 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 would you rate the chances in your minds that the Bucks say, "Chris, please, anything, give us anything right now"? I mean, I can't. I I, I won't rule it out, right? I mean, it's. I think it's desperation time, right? Um, <laughs> that's, that's, just, yes. You know, like if if again, if some of these other guys were were playing at at you know um, a remotely passable level offensively, then you know you might say. Uh, it's not worth the risk um, because, uh, again, I mean, Chris hasn't, I mean, he's, I guess, I think what Bud has admitted he's like been doing some stuff on court, but I mean, I don't, I don't think they're, you know, really practicing at this point, obviously, given that it's been every other day um, the past couple of games. So I, I just have a hard time again, like I'm kind of honestly kind of happy that this, this series is going to be over with and very soon, right? Like less than 36 hours at this point. Or just about a little less than that, um, because it's just like at this point, this this whole series has felt like it's been going on a month, um, <laughs> and it's just like let's just get this over with, and you know, probably going home just given given the circumstances of being on the road. But hey, if not, like let's just do this. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Celtics bigs are 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 wearing down more than Giannis is um, from from all these games. But um, I mean, look, it's a grade two sprain. The normal timeline is four to six weeks. I think what he's just passed three weeks at this point. Um, I think it was was it uh, April twenty second? I think that he got hurt. Um, so or maybe it was April. I can't remember if it was April twentieth or twenty second. But um, you know, if it was the twentieth, then you're talking about uh, what's the thirteenth now? So you're talking about by Sunday it'd be twenty five days roughly. Um, so you're still not even at four weeks, which is the low end of of the timeline. Obviously desperate, desperate times, desperate measures, et cetera. Um, but you know, even if he can come back, I mean, w- w- can you really expect him to be, be, you know, playing, I don't think you expect him to play at anything close to a normal Chris Middleton level <laughs> coming back so quickly, uh, from, from that kind of injury. And he's certainly going to be compromised defensively, uh, you know, with, with that type of injury. So, but the flip side is, you know, literally anybody six seven or taller who can hopefully hit a jump shot uh, could could be a net positive, right? Given given how bad kind of the end of that rotation is looking right now, so um, so I don't know. I I'll I'll very arbitrarily say there's like a thirty percent chance he comes back yeah. on Sunday. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't I don't think Giannis can transfer his Wolverine like healing power to, uh, to, to other people. <laughs> um, if this was Giannis, I would say like, yeah, I expect he's going to play right. Come back super early from, in, from, from an injury. But, um, you know, so far again, I, I, 
there's been sort of hints that maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he was getting close, but uh, again, I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, if he comes back, it would be very soon. And I, I really don't want to act like there should be pressure on Chris to, to return or, you know, to be good if he does return. Right. It's, it's just asking a ton. All right. So this is basically the last question I have for you on today's podcast. As we look ahead, as you said, game seven is so close to so the next time we podcast will be a uh, post game seven. And we'll see uh, what type of uh, mood is going on in the locked on podcast circles. But if your name is Frank Budenholzer and you're coaching game seven, what is there anything uh, immediate that comes to mind that you're changing or you're doing or you want to see? I know we've briefly touched on some of it in terms of rotations and lineups and that type of thing. Um, you know, I think I think with Grayson Allen, I think you probably want to give him some run just to see if maybe maybe he does come out and, and hit a couple shots. Um, but I just think the leash has to be really short. And at this point, it's like, you know, if you're Bud, I think, um, I, again, I, Bud is, is not exactly cruising Twitter for people complaining about <laughs> rotation stuff. Um, but, you know, I think Carter has done enough legitimately to, to at least deserve a look over one of those guys. Um, and kind of we'll, we'll see we'll see if he actually get, get, gets a look. But, um, I mean, I would probably lean towards assuming that won't happen. Um, but... I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Right. I think obviously it, it, it intertwines pretty significantly with the Middleton question, right? If, if Chris comes back, um, then honestly, you don't need, you don't need Javon Carter nearly as much. Although with the way that, that Allen and more, more so Allen than, than George Hill, um, have struggled, uh, you know, I think, I think you can certainly make the case regardless. Um, so that would be my main thing again, you know, it's just tough. It's like if Bobby was playing well, then, you know, you could say like, well, man, really got to lean more heavily on Bobby. But I mean, he's been, been pretty rough uh, overall too, which, which, you know, is unfortunate. So I, I don't know, honestly, I think you just pray that you can trot Chris Middleton out for some 10 to 15 minutes, maybe to give you some sort of shot in the arm. And you hope that Rob Williams comes back and kind of gums up the, the Celtics offense a little bit. And then, uh, Again, you just tell Giannis he's got to put you on his back again. You hope that Drew Holiday is in rhythm, and uh, and then you know you hope that someone other than Pat Connaughton can contribute offensively, uh, because otherwise, you know, you're just basically praying for for the Celtics to miss a ton of threes tonight. Obviously, that did not happen. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, and I think for me, it just comes back to it felt like it's felt like the Celtics have just been kind of the better team. You know, it just felt like it's been Giannis against an entire team for most of this series. And aside after game one, um, you know, the two Bucks wins have obviously been very, very narrow. And the, the Celtics wins have been far more convincing. So, you know, I think you just can't help but say, obviously, big advantage to the Celtics going to game game seven. Um, but I picked them to win in seven, the, the Celtics, that is. Hopefully I'm proven wrong and a hater and a and an uh, uh, a buck skeptic uh, without, uh, you know, um, uh, once again, but, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, obviously just watching the way tonight played out. Um, I think it's tough to, to have a lot of optimism going to game seven, but it's a one-off. And again, they've done this before, right? Second straight year that you're going into a game seven on the road, needing a win. And um, 
hopefully again you just find find some way to 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 give yourself a chance down the stretch because that's where the bucks have been best at figuring things out is just keep it close and and then hope that Giannis and drew holiday and and company can just make more plays than the other guys yeah, I had someone in the YouTube comments after Game Five saying, "Shame on you, Kane, for losing faith in the Bucks." Which you know, I mean, I thought, come on, it's a little bit harsh. I mean, we've all been watching this series. I think we can understand where the limitations are for the Bucks so far. But when you've got Giannis, you can win a game, and it might be a nice time for a fifty-five point performance. How about a sixty-piece on the road in Game Seven? That would be that would be pretty uh, pretty beautiful experience to watch. And also, uh, we should say, I mean, obviously Miami's waiting. Uh, but for either one of these teams, whoever wins this game seven, uh, you've got 48 hours to get your ass down to Miami for game one as well. So, I mean, it is just brutal stuff for either one of these teams, whoever goes through. Uh, hopefully it's the Bucks, but we'll find out. We'll be there. Uh, we'll be here, I should say, after game seven to wrap it all up. Uh, one last thing I will say, uh, I saw on social media, it looks like there was a shooting or something outside Fiserv Forum. So I know probably, you know, a bunch of our listeners were out there. Um, that's obviously pretty terrifying. So hopefully, well, you guys are okay and safe and obviously that's that's terrible and not what we want to see frank so hopefully everyone's doing well and uh and gets home safe and all those types of things but uh on that note we will be back after game seven 60 for Giannis. we'll see who knows who knows <laughs> we'll speak to you guys after game seven